Hey, welcome back to The Craft. I'm Colby, and I'm here with my friend Carter. And today we're doing our first sort of annual review of 2022. It is our first review of 2022, but it's our second annual yearly, year-end review, I guess you could say. Um, so if you're not confused <laughs> That yet, really confused still, me. <laughs> if you're still with us. Oh my gosh. If you're still so wait, we've done this before? Did we well, do this we last did, year? Yeah, we did a 2021 review and it was right whenever, oh. this is a bit of backstory in the podcast. We did a quick, you know, we did several episodes before the power of monotasking, oh, which right. we took down because it was under old branding. We had an old name. So those are like deep cuts. We're going to have to put those. I think one day we'll do like first 25 episodes of the craft put them behind a paywall or something like you got to pay to get the uh, you know the in those days we were known as the perennial colloquy which has since died a flaming death no we were the off the craft or off the clock off the clock podcast remember (laughs) oh that's right it wasn't even the original that's the that's the little backstory for for anyone who cares but that was like the craft prototype exactly like that one was big that was the big jump from Mm -hmm. bc it's just it just affirms the idea create revise sustain. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited about this episode. Our first annual review and hopefully we'll still be doing this, you know, many years to come. So excited about that. Uh we're going to go through kind of the format. You want to do the intro on the format here? Sure. The format today is going to be really simple. We're going to talk about what went well in our craft this year, what went poorly, what we learned, and then just a general what inspired us, books, movies, experiences. And then we might spend a second talking about the podcast itself, get a little bit meta here, talk about the podcast on the podcast, and then we'll probably wrap it up there. Sweet. So that's that's the plan for today. Do you want to, you give what went well, then I'll give what went well, and then go back and forth? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, what went well in the craft this year? So I had a couple things I wrote down. Beginning of the year, I launched songmaps.co. So that was a kind of a side project. It's a small website where I'm collecting inspiration from my favorite songs, or really from just the top pop songs, and trying to break them apart, deconstruct them, and see what makes this song work, what makes it interesting from a production standpoint. And so it breaks down things like the roadmap of the song, like the structure, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, you know, breaking down the chord progressions, breaking down what special effects they use, like how do they use the tools that producers have, reverb, delays, a bunch of other more complicated things, and mixing and mastering. How do they do use that to paint a picture, tell a story? And so I launched I'm that still in- really excited about song maps. I Thanks, forgot man. that that was this year. I know, crazy, right? I think I started working on it like November, December, and it, you know, dates back further than that, but started that, put out, I want to say maybe like hit 15 or 20 posts on there over the course of the year. And it's been dormant, honestly. I haven't touched it in like four or five, maybe six months. I just had other projects that kind of came up, but I feel like it still was a win to launch something and get it out there. I honestly think that in terms of like how it went, I think maybe get like somewhere between like 20 to 50 like visitors a month or something like that 
through like a couple of blogs that I've written on there that get a little bit of traffic on Google. But it's like See, not the thing a big with that project. is it's got oh, it's got legs for sure because if there's other things that grow like let's say the craft starts getting more popular, song maps will grow too. Mm-hmm. Like I feel right. like it's a great concept. You can pick it up whenever, and you can like I could see you working on that a lot in the foreseeable future. Is that in your plan? Do you continue to to develop it? So I actually got pretty re-inspired on it recently because I watched a video. You can look this up on YouTube. Type in Kevin Hackett cul-de-sac. He's got a video, or actually it might be called Kevin Hackett, like the problem with uh, cover art right now. Uh, something like that. He's basically building a website where he he's a artist, visual artist, musician, etc. But he was basically like, there's this problem where uh, musicians don't have uh, the the people who make cover art do the photography, the illustration, the design around cover art don't really get any exposure in the industry. They're not recognized very much. And so he wanted to build a website where you could search for inspiration and give credit to those artists. <coughs> so it started out as a concept for like, oh, cool. hey, Spotify should add a feature where they show like, here's the artist who made this cover art. And then it turned into him building a whole website where you can scroll through, you see all these cover arts for albums and kind of search for like colors or genres and get inspired. And I was like, man, that's so, is different, but similar to the experience I want someone to have with like song maps. Like I want someone who's a producer who needs, like they know they need something else on their song, but they don't know what to go to song maps to be able to like search or to figure out, to scroll through just and get inspired, you know, like. There's a number of websites out there for marketing that do that. And I think that's a gap in the producer space for this. So I wanted to try to contribute to that. So Yeah, it could be such a cool archive slash resource for people. I mean, there's just so many like ways. I mean, the way that you've set it up where you break down the different structural features, aesthetic features, like they're totally searchable too. And you can almost you could break down the search functions if it got really popular to reverb examples and have all these really interesting reverb stuff come. I mean, there's just so many mm-hmm. opportunities I think for growth with that one. I'm a big yeah, fan. I'm so, a song match I mean, fan. Subscribe. I'm su- I'm subscribed. Appreciate it. I, I will say it's like that re-motivated me, but it's, it's definitely a question in my head, like where to go with it next. I got re-inspired that I think it needs more, it just needs more design and more thought behind the the bigger plans. Like before I keep putting more content out, you know, just refining. So I kind of want to prototype it more. And this really this year has been a prototype of it. But I just think I just have questions and I don't know how much how much I'll invest there. But I think it's, it's definitely something I would say, please go check it out and um, keep an eye out for what happens in the future there. The big thing was launching the craft, man. This was like one of my favorite things this year. We launched in February, so we're not quite at one year yet. But obviously, we were kind of working on things a little before that. So sure, sure. It was like a year. Um, but that's been great. It's always encouraging, and um, it's just fun for me to do. I also read a lot. Sorry, do you have Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I was just going to say, I was just going to say that you've, you've made the kind of big shift too to, to product-oriented stuff as well, which has been kind of an opening horizon mm-hmm. on your taking your, your marketing expertise and kind of expanding that into new regions. That's been something I've noticed that 
I don't know. Yeah. It seemed like it went yeah. well. It seems like you're gaining a lot of new knowledge. 100%. Yeah, so moved from my previous job at Resonate Recordings to Resound. Started doing marketing there and then got moved into product and really excited about that. Now doing product management. And so it's it's something that's been on my rate, like not been on my radar very much the past few years. Although there's been like little hints and traces along the way. I've had someone say like, hey, you should go be a PM somewhere like four years ago or something. But it was like, yeah, mm. I don't think so. I'm going to do marketing. So it's like there's been little traces about the connection between me and just being interested in product. But now it's something I'm actually trying to pursue. I'd mentioned in the last episode, I'm reading a book called Build by Tony Fidel that talks a lot about making products uh, like the iPod and Google, uh, the Nest thermostat, not Google, Google bought it. So that's been a big thing this year for sure. I've been just like reading a lot. So some of the top books, actually, if you will give me a second here, I wanted to pull up my reading list because I feel like there's been a couple that were really fun to you know, maybe I'll save that for whenever we talk about what inspired me, actually. But I read a lot, and that was really great. And then I produced an EP called Reflection by my f- friend Will Mason. That was a multi-month project. and Yep, that was a big project. So that, honestly, I actually took a step back from music. I said I wasn't going to do anything. And for so really like January through March or maybe even May, I didn't do a lot there. Mm-hmm. I think I just worked on that one song yeah. with Will. And then we ended up taking that one song, throwing in a couple more tracks and making it an EP this fall. So it was nice. I feel like that was helpful though, your break. It was. Like you feel, you feel like it's, it was definitely worth doing. Yes, 100%. I feel like it was healthy and needed and I feel a lot better about it. I do feel, if I'm honest, a little confusion around music. It's like you don't do something for enough time and then you start feeling, like for me, I start feeling that like, am I still a musician kind of thoughts? Sure. But it's like, sure. it was good space. And even uh, just hearing the encourage, I know there's artists that, that do that, that pull the plug for a while, step back, just live, and then come back in later. For sure. And it's interesting because, you know, there's sometimes years between albums and books and bigger bodies of work. And so it's nice to not, obviously I'm not like a major artist, so I don't have any pressure at all to put anything out. But there's a sense of, um, you know, just like getting yourself off of the content treadmill is really nice, I'll say. That's pretty much what I wrote down. Um, I feel super, super blessed. It was a great year. A lot of good things and uh, excited to see what the next year has. What went well for you, man? Nice. So in regard to the craft, one of the things I wrote down is I just feel like I've learned a ton. And this is just the product of being in graduate school and having full reading loads is I feel like I'm always reading works of literature or theory that just like blow my mind. <laughs> like I just like the other day I just picked up Wittgenstein's uncertainty and just reading it I like totally changed the way that I saw the world. And I just feel like I get to do that a lot. And so this year has been no different. I got to read a lot of great stuff. And so there's a lot of new knowledge coming in, a lot of different philosophy, theology, theory, all of that good stuff. It's been kind of like a floodgate this year. Big thing is I got my committee together, mostly for my dissertation. It's almost done. One more member 
And so hopefully have that rounded out, and that'll be the big thing this spring is getting ready for the exam. So I've got about 115 or so books and articles on my list to get reading, and then hopefully Jeez. exam in May. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be. I'm gonna be reading like a madman, which is exactly what I want to do. So that was a big win, and then also I think my prose has gotten better. Got to take a great class with Eric Reese, who is my chair for my dissertation, a literary essay nonfiction writing class, which is not scholarly writing, and I think it really helped my style. And so that was the kind of I think I think my prose is getting stronger, which is always a a good thing to be able to look back on a year and say I think I've I think I've improved in that. What was the name of that class again? So it was a nonfiction, creative nonfiction. So CNF, but it was the literary essay. So it's basically combining the personal creative nonfiction essay with a literary turn. So oftentimes you're using a a short story or an idea or a thinker, and you're kind of doing this neat mixture of exposition and personal thoughts. And it's a really cool genre, and I'd love to write more of it. That's awesome. How would you say that your time breaks down between like reading classes, like lectures and things like that, and, you know, writing just the different kind of components that make up your day-to-day work? Well, yeah, I mean, so this kind of gets into what went poorly, which I won't jump ahead to, but I did, however, which was a good thing. I think I balanced teaching and I think I don't know if balance is the right word. I didn't have to spend as much time because, surprise, I'm getting better at teaching because as you do things for a couple of years, you start to get better, which is nice. So I feel like I was able to spend less time and I kind of streamlined what I needed to do to lesson plan better this semester. And I also stayed ahead of grading. So right now I'm not staring down the barrel of a bunch of late graded assignments, I'm pretty much called up. So that's going to make my uh, Christmas break a lot more pleasurable. <laughs> and so that, that was another thing that went pretty well. But I think that's, I was able to streamline awesome. lesson planning better. And a lot of stuff is just coursework. But but yeah. I also think I learned a lot this year. And I love just hearing that from you. Because I feel like you're on another level of just like the amount of scholarship. And it's inspiring to me and just so interesting to, he- to th- think about what kind of things you're learning because it's just I can just imagine the breadth of it is a lot wider than than what I learn on a day-to-day basis you know just in terms of going into philosophy ethics theology all those things like it's just really awesome yeah it's neat that I mean I don't get paid much but I do get paid (laughs) to do this so I have time to do it which is great which I tell people it's like that's my job so I I should be hitting it hard which I enjoy that's awesome. Which I enjoy. So that went well. So maybe we'll shift over to, maybe we can put in a sound effect. I would love a sound effect for the poorly section. Can you put, you need. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We'll throw yeah. in like some end of year reviews. You, you'll only hear these sound effects like once a year. Yes. Okay. So I need the, we're going to the poorly section. What went poorly? Um. Oh, sorry. You know, dang, I wish I had said this one more thing that went well. It's just changing. Like I wake up earlier and work in the mornings. Dude, you've been like crushing that. a win. You've been killing that. But what went poorly? I mean, plenty of things. But I feel like on the craft side of things, I would say <laughs> the first thing I said, what went well was song maps. This thing I say, what went poorly was song maps. Just in the sense that I sort of stopped working on it. You know, I got 
tired of doing it. And the reason I got tired of doing it was because I was trying to put out like a new song map. So a breakdown of a new song every two weeks. And it was a lot of writing. I enjoyed the writing, but at the same time, carving out the time to do it was just hard with everything else going on. And so that feels like a loss. Like I could have had another 20 posts, another, you know, and just more consistent growth and traction with it, I think, if there was more consistency. So that feels like a bit of a loss. And also I think that it's kind of a lesson to to look back on and say, okay, content treadmills are no good. Anytime you get yourself into this place where you have to, with the exception of the craft, like I really do enjoy putting these con- this content out and, and these conversations are, are just fill me back up more than they take from me, you know? Yeah, and so same. it's not that hard to sit down for a few hours and knock out some episodes and all of that. So it's like, but, the, but nonetheless, the, the lesson for me there is be careful before you get onto a content treadmill. And if there's any way to like make something and then be able to throw it out there into the world and step back and let it do its thing, that's what I prefer. So I don't have to be doing it every single week. Yeah, it's a good lesson. That could, that even goes into the the learn section. Yes, and I, there's definitely more. But I think with with music, I, I do think it was good to take a break. But there's just a, I I think, you know, just wrestling with still like what the next steps are with music with everything else going on right now shifting into product management is kind of like my main work right now. And so that's just taking a lot of my mind space. Yeah. A lot of bandwidth. Yeah. And then there's just other, there's always new projects and ideas. There's another project that I don't want to talk about, but that has been taking some of my time. Top secret. (laughs) Top secret. Maybe I'll talk about it some other time. So it's like that maybe something else I could say that went poorly is just uh, wrestling with where to put my time and attention and feeling kind of distractible and like, ooh, shiny new object over here. And on the one hand, it's good, like reading a lot of things. But on the other hand, sometimes I think it's like a bit of analysis paralysis. Like I just want to read and consume yeah. content versus just making things and trying to put myself out there with whether it's making music or working on something like song maps. It's like sometimes sure. I get into a place where I'm just more consuming than creating. And so, yeah, those are the main things that stick out. That makes a lot of sense, and I'll definitely second the idea of feeling like a bit distracted mm-hmm. or like my attention was spread thin. The thing I wrote down is very similar to this. It's I feel like I didn't do a good job getting some good routines and some good repetition and some good structure for how I was approaching work. So part of it is my schedule is I have to do a lot of different things. Read, do scholarship, teach, do this, great. Like there's a lot of different tasks that I do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like I'm just very responsive. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, really yeah. think that I would benefit from bringing some more structure. Like I was really inspired with you getting up early because you were crushing. I mean, you still are crushing that. Oh, somewhat. <laughs> and I, but I just, I felt like I wasted some, I don't know how to say this. I feel like I missed out on some opportunities to do more substantial, heavy attention, deep work because I was too reactive. And so that was the thing that that really came to my mind, just too much 
reaction and flying by the seat of my pants. Man, that totally relates to to work for me some days, you know? And that's just part of the battle of being in a startup is you wear a lot of hats and you do a lot of different stuff and you have to put out the fires every day. But I can relate to that feeling so much. That's all I had to say. Well, you, well one more thing I'll add on that. I was going to see how you long the to, silence went. <laughs> you, you have to be proactive. Like I was talking to someone about it the other day, but he was just giving me advice that you have to be proactive to... Yes, to say these be are the things that matter to me that are the most important goals for or things for me to move forward. And so I'm going to put that first in the day, first in the calendar, top of mind. Like today I'm doing this one thing and then the rest of the day it can unravel. But I have to get this one thing in in the morning or in the whenever your yeah. time is. So I think it's like that's such a simple, like the one thing idea, you know. It's and I think I'm getting better at it. I mean, I'm t- yeah. like there were moments this semester when I was like, okay, I could give my attention to something that doesn't matter as much, or I could do this out of class reading that really interests me and I think will in the long run be more worthwhile. And so I think there was like some mm-hmm. small moments that that has really been helpful. Yeah. Well, I guess I'd love to get into what was the next one? What did you learn about your craft this year? Yeah. You want to start us off? Yeah. So. I feel like the same answer, song maps, just kidding. But really, through writing about these songs, breaking them down, I think I learned a lot of things that were right in front of my nose for many years with production. Because I think writing out how you do something starts to help you realize, oh, there's some things that I do intuitively, but I'm like reflecting on them more. So a couple of simple examples like the... Just the idea that, you know, the art of recording is really this art of, there's so many, it's a very multifaceted project when you're creating a song and you're recording a song. Like, I'm really heavily focused here about, around creating a recording, right? Not performing live or doing music in that setting, but just recording. And when you record, there's this idea like you have to fit inside the box of of scale like how loud a computer speaker goes is how loud you have to play with and so you have certain parameters around what you're creating and you really have a number of tools to help you create scale if that makes sense just like whenever you're watching a movie the theater can make it feel huge on a massive screen but in reality i mean even then you have to use different techniques to really get scale right. So if you're watching a movie and the simplest example of this is like if you see a whale on the screen and it kind of, it could look pretty big because you know it's a whale, but it looks huge when you put a tiny little person next to it, right? So that's the whole idea of scale of like in order for something to feel really big on a screen, it needs to have something very small next to it. And in sound, it's like in order for one instrument to sound oh, massive cool. people yeah. are always like oh that sounds so big so epic oh, you need to have things yeah. that sound quiet it's proportion that, that proportion yeah so that's very simple but practical thing that was like helpful for me to externalize and talk about and say oh yeah that's a that's something i play around with but even listening to music now i hear it in new ways and it's like interesting to think about what is the scale of how they 
the, really it's just the balance, like how loud are the different instrumentations or the different instruments inside of this mix, things like that. That's been one of the kind of simple things that stuck out. That's great. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's so many things that just taking the time to articulate them, you're like, oh yeah, okay, now I've kind of ossified that in my mind. So mm-hmm. then you can recognize it. Mm-hmm. I just learned a new word too. <laughs> ossified. Is that, yeah, is that what, that's awesome. That, that one's been in the rotation recently. I like it. Put that on ideas my list for ossifying. Yeah, there you go. That's amazing. Nice. What about you? That's great. You know, I had one thing that I wanted to say that sounds like I was about to say, but I'm not going to say it. But I am going to say it, and it's the idea that the writing process. I think I'm learning that it's much more unconscious and instinctual than I thought it was. And so this is this is what I'm going to get at. I think I used to approach writing as if you revise, 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 you're going to get great writing, which is okay. true. Like writing is revising. That's what I tell students. But here's the thing. You've got to have a sense of how to revise. And that's what really clicked for me this year, especially kind of parallel with our conversations about taste. I started reading these great prose writers and the things that they were doing were just different, right? And when you start to recognize, oh, this is what great prose writing looks like, well, then you get to bring that in to how you revise. So until you know what direction you're revising towards, it doesn't really help to scream, I'm going to revise, I'm going to revise, if you don't know what direction you're going. And so I think I'm realizing that you kind of have to cultivate your taste, but you also have to cultivate your writing instinct. Like Mm. that feeling that, okay, that's a nice turn of phrase. That's a nice sentence. This is interesting. And a lot of that is not front, top of conscious mind. A lot of that is I'm saturated in good writing. I start to develop habits, instincts, inclinations of what is good writing. And then that also begins to revise. And so I think kind of the phrase I wrote down, revision is an act of your limitations. So if you don't know what great music sounds like, what... Mm then you're going to have limitations in what you can revise. So that was kind of, as I was looking back on the year, one of the big things I think I'm learning. Yeah, that's so good. And I could relate with music that you just, you need references to what you have to have. You need to know, you know, you play your song, then you play the song that you kind of want to sound like, or just another song in general. And it's, does it sound as good? Does it sound as loud? Does it sound as polished? Whatever the different categories are. It's like you need a reference point to to make something well. I can totally totally agree with that. So anyway, that's just kind of hit me this year. Yeah, that's so good, man. I love it. I, I wish I'd prepared more on that question because I feel like there's so many good things to talk through, but at the same time, I think it's time to move forward to the inspiration. This is the yeah, good let's stuff. Let's do it. Also, people are getting what we're learning all the time on the craft. So stay tuned. Hundred percent. Yeah. I've learned a lot through just the conversations with you, man. It's been awesome. So I'll answer this next one again. What inspired you in your craft this year? So I think definitely spent a lot of time reading. Also, 
a little bit of travel, which was good. And also, I do think just going back to that conversation is so encouraging to me is just, just living life, just growing up, just, you know, literally just living life is in itself inspiring and just giving yeah. you new experiences and new things to pull from whenever you do go to create. I think it gives you just more depth. And I think it just encourages me that like there's so many things to learn always. And so just in general, I still feel so curious about life and wanting to continue to learn more and deepen my experience and, and look forward to like, what does 10 years from now look like? Like, what am I, um, how am I looking back on things then, you know, and way beyond 10 years too, of course, but I'm going to pull up my reading list because I wanted to list a couple of things that have been really inspiring. Yeah, do it. So one that I didn't finish reading, but I remember being really inspired by was Walter Isaacson's biography of Leonardo da Vinci. So truly a polymath and also the artist who lived at the intersection of engineering and uh, technology and the arts. And that's really what inspired Steve Jobs. He was a huge inspiration to Steve Jobs. I said Steve, like we're friends. Um, but <laughs> you and Steve. Goodness. And I just picked up the auto, the biography of Steve Jobs that Wal- Walter Isaacson wrote as well. So it's interesting because even in the Da Vinci biography, he's talking about Steve Jobs a little bit in that connection. But Da Vinci was this it's interesting. He didn't actually make a lot of paintings. He was so perfectionistic about it. He kept working on these things for years for super, super long amount of time and made very few of them. So that's kind of interesting. It's like the opposite of quantity to get to quality. It's just like refine, 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 hold on to it. But it wasn't necessarily his, his main, what's interesting about him is like he would be learning about science, right? He'd be learning about like, how does the human body work? And even, I definitely need fact checking on this. This has been a long time, but I mean, I think he was even like probably like looking at, I don't know if he was looking at like different cadavers of like in of animals or what, but like he was trying to understand anatomy and bodies and then trying to under, then he would, that would inform the art that he made. Like how do you paint a face based on now? I understand where the muscles are. So I know how a smile works in the, yeah. Mona Lisa, you know, so there's so much tie in between the technology informing the art than the art informing maybe the technology some mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. that was pretty, pretty inspiring to me. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. A number of other books too, which we talked about the Cal Newport kick that I got on this summer, digital minimalism, that was awesome. work, a world without email effortless by Greg McEwen was a really inspiring book about how, life doesn't always have to be like the hard path doesn't necessarily mean the good path all the time. Dude, these are little flashpoints. I feel like yes, in in our year, I feel like we talked about a lot of these, which is awesome. It is crazy. Um, reading a lot about product. I started reading Dune by, um, Oh, who is that by blinking? Oh, did you start a Dune? I did. I got, I was going to read it far into it, but I haven't really, I've barely gotten past the part that the first movie gets through. And I just got a little bit distracted and just did lazy. you read? Did you read the stuff. first book then? Well, yeah, I'm on the first. So I'm on the first book, but there's I think three acts within the first okay. book, and okay. so I'm in like Act One still. Maybe no, I'm in Act Two. I'm in Act Two. Talk about things that were inspiring. 
Dude, the movie Dune was awesome. It made me want to go read the books. Yes. It truly, it was really inspiring. And Hans Zimmer on the music. So good. That Hans Zimmer video about making Dune was is on yeah, the, could be on the list. That up. was that's inspiring too. We should put that put a link for that. Yeah, that's let's really do it. Good. And then the last one that I'll list here is, you know, a couple actually. So one more piece of inspiration. Started reading, picked up a couple books um, by Jim Collins. So he did Good to Great and then Built to Last, two really iconic books in the business world. And what's inspiring about the books most of all is like. He's a research just fiend, like doesn't come out a lot. He's just in the work and he does this deep, deep analytical research on what makes, he says that he's not a business author. He's a, he's a person who studies humans, but the data is just in these public businesses that have to report all these things because they're public. And so I thought that was really fascinating. And just his, uh, here's an interview with Tim Ferriss that's really inspiring and interesting to just learn about these little flashes of just interesting ideas. Like how whenever he's writing a book, he thinks about what vessel a different, an idea that he's researching. Uh, what does he call it? I think he called like an idea vessel or something like that. So you have hierarchies and you have, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the different ones, but it was almost like, there's all these different ways to organize information that I thought was really interesting. I'm very interested in how you structure and organize things into categories for some reason. Something else that I learned this year. But you love systems, man. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's why we have a four-part series on creativity. <laughs> you got to have uh, the creative first principles. Yeah, man. But lots of good reading. The last one I would say is just Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, which... I think we maybe were going to read together, but I just kind of, I got too into it. I just left you in the dust on it. I was like, I'm just going for this thing. I know. But it was so good, man. So many good nuggets of wisdom in there. Yeah, she's a super accessible writer. Mm -hmm. Like You can jump right in. Very, very welcoming. What about you, man? That was a lot. What inspired you this year? Oh, yeah. So I read a lot of great stuff beginning of the semester I almost had to like go back and be like oh no that was part of this year because I, I just think in semesters was reading some Theodore Dorno which you've probably heard me talk about on the podcast Dialectic of Enlightenments some Heidegger some big ideas I haven't ever thought about which I encountered was great had a big kick in nonfiction like speaking of the the nonfiction class Guy Davenport who used to be a professor at the University of Kentucky, has a great collection called The Hunter Gracchus, which we were reading from. It's just a master of the nonfiction essay. And then also really enjoyed reading A Really Big Lunch by Jim Harrison, which is a collection of his food writing. And uh, Eric said, and I think this is right, that Harrison's incapable of writing an uninteresting sentence. He's just one of those wordsmiths that he says things, you're like, how did you even come up with putting that into a sentence? So I really enjoyed those. I read a fantastic article about quantum mechanics and Song of Myself, the poem by Whitman, and looking at the overlap between these ideas. It was awesome by Robert M. Shabel, which I can link to. I, I mean, it was pretty incredible. And so that was a big kind of flashpoint. And then I have a couple things that I'm kind of got on the horizon. McCarthy yeah. has got two new novels that are coming out. Hopefully get the box set here for Christmas. 
and uh, my book list. So I'm going to be capital R reading the next couple months, and I'm excited. Going to get into a lot of stuff. So those are two things I'm excited for, I'm inspired about right now. Looking forward to both mm-hmm. of those. And a lot of great reading experiences. We got a cool trip out west and enjoyed getting out there and fishing some big waters and catching an awesome cutthroat trout on the Tinkara, which was kind of a summer highlight. So, yeah, we had some great traveling, Amazing. too. We did a, and there's a lot going on this year. It's yeah. a big year for the Johnsons. Yeah. Very big year. Crazy, man. That's some good stuff. Uh, that quantum mechanics article sounds crazy. You Dude, should definitely link that. It's a black hole. Once you get like, <laughs> I like spent all afternoon, and it just the. I, I mean, basically, they don't. If you get into it, it's like particles, electrons behave as waves and particles, and they seem to do it at the same time. And depending on whether you observe it or not, changes its behavior, and it gets into some wild stuff about time and how it seems to carry knowledge and its decisions depending on whether it's observed i mean it's 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 unbelievable remark it's just really remarkable and and interesting to to read about because there's just so many questions that quantum you know theoretical physicists don't understand i feel Mm -hmm. like we approach science a lot of times with the cultural discourse is like oh science that's the true epistemology that's how we know everything mm-hmm. and then you get the nobel prize winning physicist like roger penrose and he's like oh no not at all he goes there's three great mysteries mathematics why do we know mathematics and why does mathematics relate to the physical world around us because we have no idea <laughs> and so you get to like the real Holy players crap. and they're like no we've not figured all this out which i think is just so refreshing tumbling mm-hmm. Sheesh. Yeah, that's crazy stuff. That's like my knowledge of uh, quantum mechanics starts with uh, Marvel and the ant Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I'm an armchair speculator. Yeah, man. It's like I'm saying, like there's so much breadth to like reading about these different things. It's it's really cool. Love it. There's a great book. Oh, what's the name of it? I'll, I'll link it by uh, Werner Heisenberg who was a contemporary of Einstein and Niels Bohr, and he wrote an introduction to quantum theory that's really accessible that I read, which was great. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and he talked like about that. it in relationship to the pre-Socratic philosophers and how there were ideas in pre-Socratic, pre-Socratic philosophy that found eventual manifestation and parallels in quantum mechanics, which is crazy cool. Ahead of their time. That's insane. Well, this has been really good, man. I'm excited to see what the next year has in store, but this has been a great year. It's cool to reflect. And I'm also curious just to hear what other, you know, what some of the listeners have been up to this year. So if you want to share anything, maybe share even a moment uh, that was inspiring from the craft or something that, I don't know, just something that stuck out to you this year. We'd appreciate that. Any feedback on how we could make it better for the next year would be really valuable. Let us know it at the email. And, um, now I'd love to, maybe you want to talk a minute about like what's on the horizon for the craft, man. Yeah. I think 2023 is going to be a big year. We got a little momentum, gaining a little bit of traction bit by bit. You know, we've been tossing around the idea of getting some interviews, which I don't think we're mm-hmm. eons away. I think we're getting closer to that. And that could be a really interesting innovation. But I think we're kind of getting into rhythm. So I hope the rhythm just keeps on playing in 2023. Yeah, man. 
Yeah. Do you think there's anything that you've learned doing the podcast this year? I've really enjoyed, and I've definitely learned a lot. It's fun to see like where conversations, when you just take time to talk about something, mm-hmm. just are clarifying. I mean, there's mm-hmm. been moments where we'll have a great conversation on the craft, and it'll like directly apply to what I'm teaching freshmen in, in the, the intro English class, which is cool yeah. because <laughs> it's like it's just a fun way that I'll learn things and you'll help me understand things. And I'll kind of synthesize a new idea, and then I get to share that. So that's been a kind of mm-hmm. neat overlap with my vocation. Some of these conversations bleed directly into the things I get to talk about. Totally. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes next year, but I totally agree with that. It's just, it. I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty verbal processor. So once I say something out loud, then I'm like, eh, do I agree with that? Do I not? How do I feel? Yeah. <laughs> but it just helps to, to verbalize these things and cl- refine refine what we're doing in the day-to-day in our craft, writing, music, product management, whatever it is, just thinking through these things. It's super helpful. And I think we hit some goals, I too. Be, I mean, we hit 20 episodes. Yeah. I, think. I mean, that was a goal for this year, and that's kind of cool to look back on. Let's see. Relaunch the show. Check. <laughs> Relaunch the show. Rebrand. We got the cover yeah. art, amazing cover art by Elizabeth. That was awesome. Hit 20 episodes. This is probably, I think this is episode 22 yep. right yep. now. So that's exciting. Um, we've gotten some good feedback from people. Not a lot of feedback sent to the email, but good feedback in person with people. Yeah. And just in I'm general. I'm clicking that. Boom. Check out the list. Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm just excited to put more out there to, I think there can be some, you know, just, I think looking back, we're getting better at having these conversations and I just want to keep working on that and refining. For sure. Yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes and just, there's so many topics that like we have on the backlog that we could go into. And honestly, even some of the episodes we've already done, we could just pick up on the same topic, just pick up the conversation and do a part. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's just so much to cover in terms of what it takes to, to make art and, and even questions like, what is art versus craft? You yeah. Know, what, is, what is good versus great? Like, what's what's quality in art? There's just a lot of, like, philosophical art stuff that I want to get into related to both to the work stuff I do in, like, product management and in music, too. Like, a lot of questions I want to work out in, on the podcast. Yeah, today. for sure. So, and, you know, I would love, who knows, maybe we'll get into some, like, more sharing some of the stuff we're working on. I mean, I would be down for, you know, occasionally sharing a little, doing a little reading on the podcast of of something I'm writing, or I'd love to hear stuff if you were working, and I know you do a lot of stuff that's behind the wall because you're working with people, but sounds that you find interesting, stuff that you're working on, chord progressions that you've been learning. I mean, all all the, like, it would be kind of cool to have maybe a little more showcase of the craft, what we're actually working on. That's kind of cool, like workshops. So it's like you, exactly. you show, like you present some writing, get some feedback kind of on air. Yeah. And even people people could even share feedback if they wanted to, like yeah. respond to what they heard. Like, But I could just give you feedback live. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, That's and cool. we could just get it out there at least. I mean, even if it's just to share it. Just yeah. give listeners I mean, I think that's cool. something that we're working on. You know, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of podcasts and different things that do like a community kind of a community challenge or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, where it's like we're doing, uh, I'm just making this up, but like 
30-day challenge, you're doing one thing a day, one song a day, or one f- photograph a day, or whatever yeah, your craft yeah, yeah. is. Like some version of that, where it's like maybe we do a, we kind of brainstorm like a 2023 craft community. There's maybe a better name, but like a community challenge where we're trying to make one thing by a certain date or something. Uh, craft Nazarene Val. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Um, man. Yeah. I feel like I just think that could be cool. There's maybe this is getting ahead of where we're at, but like if there was like a group me or something like a group chat oh, yeah. of listeners or something, yeah, cool. and you have more of a like community side of it. Yeah. It could be interesting to consider. Like a lot of people do. I know some podcasts do a private, like, Hop in this Discord. Yep. That'd probably be the yep. easiest thing. And, you know, basically you have a couple different channels. You could get feedback on what you're working on. You can request different things you want us to talk about. Just hang out. That could be cool. What we do could, a live stream episode. Yes, that'd be I awesome. There's a lot of cool stuff There's, we could do. Yeah, I like the idea of of expanding some of those. And then we could call we could call our uh you know, the people that followed around the Grateful Dead were the deadheads. Maybe we would have like <laughs> The craftites, the craftheads, the crafties. I, I don't know what our our community Arts would be called. Aficionados. <laughs> <laughs> we need to workshop the name. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I like that though. The idea that we could maybe expand in some more community based stuff because part of this is we're not sharing any secrets. We're just here working through it right alongside everybody's listening. Just trying to figure it out. Yeah, and so yeah. we're right there with you for sure, and we hope that this is. We hope we're always talking about things that are on people's radar and that can be helpful. And so that could be a yeah. cool way I mean, to, it's a to small, bridge that. We're, it's, we're a super small podcast. Like, yeah. And, and I think embracing that and building a small community could be a really cool way to actually connect to the listeners in, in just a meaningful way. You yeah. know, it's like if you picture, I think we probably get like 10, like literally probably a little behind the scenes look right now. Like probably I'd say like, well, actually I think I have it pulled up. I think we probably get eight to 20 downloads an episode in that range. So it's like probably. <laughs> so, it's so disheartening. Did you just say that? Did you say that live? Okay. But uh, here's, have you, so there's actually this thing. Do, do me a favor. Google this real quick. Type in um, visualizing a crowd in photos. And there's a web, there's a post that'll pop up at the top by like blog.lime.link. And we can put this in the show notes. But if you look at the crowds, it's like 50 people in a room. You see a picture of that and it's like actually pretty substantial. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that's kind of helpful to be like, if there's a room where we were doing a live podcast and there was like 15 people, it's like small, it's tiny, but it's not meaningless. Like that's a, it's like a little classroom sure. basically. Sure. Yeah. That's exactly. kind of a cool, kind of cool to visualize like that but just makes me think you know if there was a community more ways to connect those people even to each other that could be kind of interesting yeah um and know, growth is other people are and on. growth is not our primary concern and growth is also exponential so maybe three years from now you know growth is exponential you know what i mean it's like we could be compound for creators, we could be maybe. slow for a long time and that's cool yeah 100 percent, man 100 percent. well this has been a great episode and hopefully not too disheartening that I shared those numbers. <laughs> um, no, not at all. It's just no, kind of joking around. Episode, man. We this will do awesome. this with no one listening. I challenge you. Don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Turn this off. Delete it. <laughs>
Yeah, no, seriously. I think it's there's so many benefits just to the conversations. Yeah. I'm, I love it, man. But great episode. And we'll see you all in the new year. I think this is the last episode that will be going up before the year. Yeah, so, Merry Christmas. See you on 2023. Merry Christmas. Hey, thanks for listening to The Craft with Carter and Colby, where we share what we're learning about the creative process. If you're a writer, music producer, marketer, filmmaker, photographer, or you just love creativity, then this show is for you. Our cover art was designed by Elizabeth Newell. You can learn more about her work at elizabethnewelldesign.com. That's Elizabeth, N-E-W-E-L-L, design.com. And you can follow her on Instagram at elizabethisadesigner. If you like the show, there's three things you can do to help us out. First, subscribe so you learn when we post new episodes. Second, send the link to one of your friends who you think would enjoy the show. Uh, Really, word of mouth is going to be the the number one way we grow the show in any way. And three, if you have a topic you want us to cover or feedback about how we can improve the show or comments on what we've said, you can respond to heycraftpodcast at gmail.com. H-E-Y-C-R-A-F-T podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.